I'm Chris Doolin, and you're listening to Discussing Trek. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today, we are here to review Star Trek Discovery Season 4, Episode 9, Rubicon. Thank you for subscribing. What we do here on this podcast is review each and every episode of Star Trek in somewhat excessive detail, in addition to talking all things Trek. I'm your host, Clarence, and we're going to get right into it. Star Trek Discovery Rubicon was written by Alan McElroy, while the episode was directed by Andy Armaganian. Captain Burnham and the USS Discovery raced to stop Book and Ruan Tarka from launching a rogue plan that could inadvertently danger the galaxy. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. Oh boy, what lines are we crossing today? What lines are we crossing? And just to give what my overall thoughts are on this episode, very, very enjoyable episode. You know, I like that we continue to get some of the backstory of what may have happened to Burnham and Book during that year that we didn't see where she was waiting for Discovery to reemerge from the wormhole. And we we, oh, we get these sort of callbacks to the trials and tribulations that they went through. Now, some of the rifts that they ran, some of the, the maneuvers and the tricks they did in Book's ship as they <laughs> went gallivanting as carriers across the universe. I really love that we get some of that in this episode. And overall, I think it's a good episode for Book, a.k.a. David Ajala, to maybe walk himself back just a little bit from... Some of the decisions he's made since his planet was destroyed, his his, his Alderaan moment, which, man, he, he really went down a dark hole. But it seems that now he may be ready to emerge back on a good side. And, you know, it goes back to what John said, uh, our co-host Jonathan Short said in a previous episode. You would like to believe most of the people in Starfleet or in the Star Trek universe can be redeemed. And has Book crossed that line? Has he crossed the line? I mean, certainly Tarka, Ruan Tarka has crossed that line in this episode. But is Book guilty by association? I think he probably is. <laughs> I think he probably is. And one other note, I know it's probably a while until they shoot the next season. But I did notice where David Ajala cut, he cut the, he cut the high top off. So he has like a low haircut now. So I don't know. Maybe it was for another role. Obviously, can grow it back before the next season start. But is this the end of book? Is book Burnham over? You know, I constantly talk about it. I think that it's not so good for the character of Michael Burnham, mainly because book has a certain amount of autonomy that isn't awarded to any other character. Him having the heart of the captain of Discovery, I think, it just puts puts Michael Burnham puts Captain Burnham. In a very compromising, a very compromising position. So I don't know how much longer we can keep going down that road of of Burnham having to search her heart before she makes a decision she knows she has to make. And they play on that very heavily, very heavily in this episode, bringing back Commander Nunn as betrayed by Rachel Archero. Good to see her back. And... Putting her in the, in the, in this position to 
come against Burnham as Burnham has to make some hard choices. And she's here to say, OK, push comes to shove. We got a we got a blow up book <laughs> as, as hard as it is to say push comes to shove book got to go. And it brings back this character that we do have some affection for that was a part of Pike's crew in the past. It came to the future with Discovery. So she has to be there to make sure Burnham does the right thing. Now, I have a whole other host of questions like, why are we allowing Burnham, who is obviously so close to book and this entire situation that is that has the galaxy in the balance? Why even let Michael Burnham go on this trip, even even if she is the commander of Discovery? I get it. She's the principal character of the show. She she has to go. I get it. I get that. But still, if I'm if I'm making a level headed, logical decision, she probably wouldn't be going on this on this mission. But anyway, let's look at some of the details of the episode. We have ourselves a weapon, I guess, in Tarka. He's determined to save the power source of the DMA. That brings me back to saying, like, where the, where the heck is Tarka from? Where is Ron Tarka? hell from obviously another galaxy but i hopefully will get a lot more information about that as the episodes progress because he's just hell-bent on getting this power source so he can get back and he still to me knows an awful lot about how the dma works so he is secured the isolinium in the previous episode and he and booker are going to set off this detonation that will secure the power source while also destroying the dma and possibly putting this this race of people who were calling 10C on the Federation's bad side. Now we do get Book sending an encrypted message to Burnham. It lasts goodbye. A, a, a one last time to say how much he loves Burnham or even try to get his point across of what he's doing is the right thing. Now I think the important part about this message is that we see there may be room for some middle ground. There may be another way that Burnham could get to Book. As we'll see later on in the episode when she says that this iteration of the DMA that we see right here is going to be here for another seven days. So let's stand down, talk about it, and we have time before it disappears and goes somewhere else, which doesn't even matter. I mean, they have the sport drive. They can go anywhere it appears. So be that as it may, there is some middle ground that they can get to to maybe talk that maybe Burnham can reach out to actually get book to come to his senses, which, you know, again, very interesting in this episode because we see different members of Discovery's crew start to have these debates. And while some of it felt kind of forced, I, I do like that we get to see a little bit more of the crew and they are getting right into this idea of is book doing the right thing. You hear Reese and Bryce talk about it and also Nielsen is Book doing the right thing? Is is Book just doing what the Federation is not willing to do? Is he doing the hard work and making the hard decision that Federation that the Federation can't? So I find that very interesting as well. So a bit more about Commander Nan before we moved on. The Barzan mantra is duty above all. We get, you know, we get that revelation from Vance. I thought that was pretty cool. We also learned that Nan has joined the Federation security and covert ops. Interesting. Is Section 31 still a thing? Uh, I assume so, but hey, pretty cool. And she's also upgraded her breathing apparatus, which I thought was cool. So we get a bit more visual of the actor's face. I thought it was pretty good. 
And she talks about her family. Now, I wonder why she's not allowed to tell her family or distant rel- <laughs> thousand year down the line of relatives that she came from the past. I'm not sure why she can't make that revelation, but, you know, I can see possibly why they might do it. But still, she should be able to say that she's from the past. That's fine. Right. That seems kind of dumb. And speaking of really dumb, or should I say in Colbert's case, sir, may I say this in my personal opinion? You're being an idiot with respect, sir. (laughs) So, yeah, we get a bit more of Saru in the bound chicken him and his relationship with President Tarina, the uh, Navarian president. So Saru reaches out to her for a bit of help with his reasoning or meditation as he tries to deal with to call and just the weight of what's going on in this current state of the universe with the DMA. And he's reaching out to her for a little guidance <laughs> or a little comfort, one might say. And, you know, she 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 gives to rule an overture, which he debates. And again, Colbert, with respect, you're being an idiot. So I really like that about Saru. We got a lot of Saru in this episode. All the moments with him, I really enjoy. Now, I will say, I will say that Colbert started to get on my nerves just a little bit in this episode. First off, why was he even in the shuttlecraft that went over to book ship to try to secretly board? Why would you bring him? I think... You know, I think you should bring like Owo or somebody because I don't think Bryce is like a I don't see him as being like a fighter. Definitely Reese, possibly. But you bring Bryce, who's the communications officer and Culber, who's the, the medical medical officer over to the ship to board it. Now, granted, it's only Tarka and uh, a book aboard the ship. But still, I mean, come on, bring Owo. We could do better than that. Come on, guys. Speaking of going in and trying to board the ship again, I like how we keep playing back to Burnham's knowledge of book and his ship and the plans they've hatched. And I, I really like how to me that made this episode fun. And we get even later in the episode when they're like, <laughs> there's board jumping in front of each other. I loved how, even though it was obviously a very serious situation, I love how Burnham and Book seemed to have fun recounting their old missions and and jaunts as carriers. I thought that was really fun and well played, and they read each other like a book in those situations. So, really, really good. We know that Book, even if looking back when Zeru and his away team tried to board Book's ship, he didn't want anyone to die. And let's talk about Tark a little bit. Oh, my God. This dude has upgraded Book's ship with this special defense system that Book doesn't know about. Now, that should have been the first sign. But all throughout the episode, Tarka keeps doing things that Book is not on board with. He just keeps doing it. But Book, at some point, you got to say, dude, I know that we're kind of on the same mission. We have to get this done. But, dude, you're upgrading my defense systems. You're firing a full spread quantum torpedoes at Discovery. And finally, the last one, he actually beams the isolinium weapon into the DMA to destroy it. Like, dude, dude, I I know we're on the same mission here, but it's just like touching a black man's radio or anybody's radio for that matter. But (laughs) you're playing with my ship. You're touching my radio, bro. Like, what's the deal? It's something you don't do, bruh. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I blame Book a little bit on that. Come on, dude. Stop him. Stop him from doing all that. So throughout all this, we know that Burnham is way too close to this thing. We, I mean, we just know it. We know it. She's going to do everything she can to save Book. And know that that's her love interest. Of course, she's going to do that. But we find out that Nan has a secret plan that would disable or destroy, destroy Book's ship. And it's a last ditch effort to stop him if he doesn't want to listen. <laughs> the smart choice would just be to use it immediately. But um, Federation principles, we're going to try to save this guy. But man, Book is again, I ask, has Book crossed that line? Has he crossed the line? I don't know. And for that matter, don't we have to say that Nan was right? By the end of the episode, Tarka does destroy the DMA, possibly inciting war with the Tennessee. Can we just say Nan was right? Uh, Burnham is blinded by love and is hugely compromised as a captain. One reason why, even though I love David Ajala as an actor, that's the one reason why I think he doesn't need to be there next season. Because it just compromises. It compromises Burnham as a captain. I love Book as a character. I love her having a love interest, but the autonomy of Book is just always going to be an issue. So Burnham's compromise is, again, as I mentioned up top, is to getting Stamets and and Zora to figure out a timetable for which the DMA will be in this area, getting Book to stand down. Now, I will say one of my favorite scenes of this episode, in addition to all the nebula, uh, Book's ship chasing Discovery through this through the DMA or through the outskirts of the DMA. I loved how when Burnham's shuttle went face to face to book ship and we get this beautiful scene outside, just outside of both ships where we see them standing face to face. I think that's a very awesome looking special effects. It just give me more of that. I think that just special effects in general in this episode, I felt were really, really well done. Just good stuff, good stuff all around. And I keep saying it, but Burnham allowing her emotions to get the best of her and possibly compromising everything. And again, after all this, Tarka not only finds that there is no power source, but the DMA is immediately back. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm going to end it. What are you guys' thoughts? Honestly, I like the episode much more watching it a second time. I felt the special effects were off the chain. Again, I want I want Captain Burnham to hmm, I want her to not be compromised by book. And hopefully that we we see that book by association has crossed the Rubicon. Maybe we can see a more forceful or a more strong Michael Burnham as we continue the rest of this season. And, you know, I do want to see book redeemed. I do think he can be. He is redeemable. I think he can be redeemed. But man, he just got to get away from Tarka because Tarka is nothing but bad, bad news for him. What do you guys think this season is going? I really have no idea. I get, who's 10C? I really want to know who 10C is. I think we got the revelation in an interview or uh, it may have been on some podcast where one of the, it may have been Cynical Martin Green where she said that 10C is a totally new species to the show. So does that mean it's some other species we've seen on some other Star Trek show or is it just a new species entirely? Thoughts or theories, send that in to fans at DiscussingTrek.com. Or as always, hit us up at DiscussingTrek on any and all social medias. I'm going to give this one a, hmm, I'm going to give it a 3.8. I think it was a solid episode. I do think it was really good. But man, we got to push this story along. We got to push this story along. Quit giving me this book versus Burnham. 
again, it's fun, but uh, we need to start to move this story along because I, I, I've been anxious <laughs> now that we know now that we know the DMA is a glorified mining rig. I want to know who 10CR, what they're all about, and give us some more revelations on Tarka. I, I really think that's going to be really interesting and maybe play into the next season. But let's hear more about Tarka. Let's hear about what 10C is. I am anxious to see where they go with the season. And the name or the title of the next episode is called The Galactic Barrier. And I'll read the byline or the log line here. Captain Burnham and her crew must go where few have gone before, beyond the galactic barrier. Meanwhile, Book learns the truth of what drives Ruan Tarka. So it looks like we're going to get some revelations there and maybe even see who 10C are as we go beyond the galactic barrier. Guys, as always, thank you for joining. Hopefully we'll have the full crew next time. But thank you for joining me as I talked about this episode. And until next time, guys, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. Adventure. Your traveling companions are fellow fans of Doctor Who. That's right, it's the podcast Discussing Who, exploring the worlds of Doctor Who, past, present, and future. Find out more at discussingwho.com. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com. Can I say that like shut up Wesley? I can just go shut up Clarence?